Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 417, recorded live on Sunday, June 21st, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who is ready to record Saturday, Dave Collette. Hello! And the man who was also ready to record Saturday, but uh, had to go to work instead, Andy Lowe. Hi. Blast that job that pays you money. <laughs> Damn it. How dare they pull you in on a Saturday oh, again? The problem is when technology doesn't know that it's Monday through Friday. My computer knows when it's Monday. Yes, but it, it can't schedule a uh, random failure for Monday through Friday. Can if you just turn it off on the weekends. <laughs> and it won't randomly fail. It'll just randomly fail on Monday morning when you try to turn it back on. Yes, that is true. My oh. logic is infallible. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with this scenario. Uh, unless people have to work on the weekends. Who works on the weekends? Um, radio stations? Bah, we don't need them. <laughs> I mean, really, who listens to the radio anymore? Ouch. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andy. That, that was more hurtful than I meant it to be. I'm sorry. Didn't mean it to come out that way. So Andy had to work this weekend. Yep. I I heard something about a server running on a single stick of RAM. Yeah, the uh, some of our servers, our our domain controllers are uh, pretty old. I.e., mm-hmm. they're still running like server two thousand and three. Ooh, um, should uh maybe make that a priority to replace that old hardware. That actually was the priority. Literally, I, everything that I was going to do on Monday down there, uh, I had to do on Saturday instead because the motherboard would not uh, recognize um, some of the RAM slots. <laughs> okay, so you don't have to work Monday then, since you did everything you were going to do? Well, I'm going to have to go down there on Monday and make sure, you know, everybody gets transferred over, because i got to move all the, uh, make sure everybody's shared drives and network drives are already already uh, switched lame, over. Lame. To the server. All right. And um, our software that we use for the news department too because we've got news people all over the the state in the different markets but they're all interconnected using this news program software mm-hmm. um, and that's still installed on the old server so you have to move it to the new server yes and in order to do that because the new server is 2012 um we have to upgrade the version from what we currently have to the newest version um which i have to get from the company and the company is based out of Australia. Oh. Sydney, to be precise, I think. It's somewhere in the Sydney time zone. So trying to get a hold of them at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, Sydney time, not so much. Nope. So, yeah, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send them an, an email and be like, um, can you guys uh, help us out? Because we kind of need to shut the server down because... Because uh, <laughs> things aren't working. <laughs> no. No, we, we, this was a priority. Like literally I had half the stuff already copied over and I was going to go down on Monday, copy the user drives over and then remap everybody's network access and all that other fun stuff there. And it was just get a call on Saturday. Hey, I can't access any of our network drives or the internet. <laughs> Oops. Well, shit. I was thinking well, maybe, maybe it's a switch then. Maybe that's why he can't access any of the network drives because the main switch in the building is, is, is down. But I'm thinking, no, that's a brand new 48-port switch. And I, I logged on to the, the, the switch because I could access the gateway. I could access the switch. And no, there was no problem there. And then I tried to access the domain controller. And, and I said, no. Yeah. All right. Well, then. Yep. So that was my Saturday. Yay. Now, let's let's be clear. There was a lot of downtime during this work period. Yes. 
because I had to slowly transfer everything off of the server. So although Andy had to drive an hour and a half to get there and did have to go into work on a Saturday, some of that time was spent doing things like playing Hearthstone. Yes, while waiting for... Files uh, to transfer. Yeah, about nine gigabytes of user drives to transfer over. Yeah, thank you, by the way, for winning that match. <laughs> oh, that match was... I did a couple of dumb things in that match, and I can't yes, believe Yes, you I actually, did. Yeah. Oh, my God, did you? <laughs> I was looking like, ah, are you sure? Okay. <laughs> I, I did it, and I'm like, oh, wait, oops. And yep. I, I, I literally, when I realized I did a mistake, I honestly do the oops emote yep. just because... I do that, too. It's what it's there for. Yeah. I played Hearthstone yesterday, too. I played a lot of Brawl. The, brawl, I... Like 12 games worth of Brawl. I, brawl is interesting. For those who don't know, there, there's a new version of Hearthstone out there called Heart, uh, Tavern Brawl, which it's kind of like the... Um, single player. It's, yeah, it's a single player, like the, the funky decks that you it's, got during it's the... It's the solo adventures, except you're not solo anymore. Now it's PvP. Yes. But it's every few weeks they're going to be publishing one. It lasts for a couple days... And it's alternate rule sets or alternate decks or uh, there's restrictions on the kind of cards you can use, things like that. It's going to be, it's literally just, yeah, the single player adventures, but PvP now. Yep. And so the opening one, because it's the opening brawl, is the first two raid bosses that were ever in World of Warcraft. It's Ragnaros and Nefarian. And these were like the last two bosses in... Blackwing uh, Lair. Yeah. Or Blackrock Spire. Yes, Blackrock Spire. Blackrock Mountain. Whatever it is, the, the Blackrock expansion of Hearthstone. The Blackrock thing. So I'm sitting there going, okay, Tavern Brawl, yes. And then I see those two guys, I'm like, oh, son of a what bitch. Mean, son I, of a bitch. I hated playing these guys. But now you get to play as them. Yes, and for me, it's been entirely one-sided. Really? I have not, I have not played a game where Ragnaros has won. I've, I've been in many games where Rag has won. I literally either Just playing as Rag. always when I'm playing. Oh. <laughs> It's it's either been when I'm playing against Rag or playing as Rag, Rag always loses. Mm. And I've been literally like watching other people play Rag and I beat them and I'm like, well, okay, well, they try this, this, nope, they beat me, all right. Yep, I, I actually lost to Rag last night. Not that I'm proud of losing to him, but uh, he he came out with Golemag and two Molten Giants and a Corhound Puppies. Oh, jeez. I'm like, well, I have no taunt. And I'm dead. Damage to the face, damage to the face. And game over. I also, I, I did have, so Nefarian, his his hero ability is spend two resource, two mana, and draw a random spell from all the decks, from any possible deck, draw a spell, its cost is zero. I drew, a, a couple times I've drawn the, your hero power now becomes deal two damage. <laughs> Which kind of sucks when your hero power is get a free spell. Yeah. Uh, and the other one that I got that was really interesting was restore both players to full health. <laughs> now, Andy's laughing because Nefarian has 30 health and 30 armor. Ragnaros has 60 health. So restore both players to full health helps one of them much more than the other. Yes, yes, it does. Here's the sad thing. In that game, I played that card. Oh. And got more out of it than Rag did. Well, that's what you got to do. You got to do it where you're going to get the most health out of the thing, and he's only going to get a little bit. Yeah, but that means he had dealt 43 damage to me, and I had dealt 8 to him. <laughs> Here's the best part. I won the match. Ooh. 
43 to 8, and I won. I actually took a screenshot of me playing that card. Did I tell you I took a screenshot of me playing against somebody with the la- with the username Alo? No, that's yeah, awesome. I know. I look at his username, and I'm like, what the? That's me. Wait, but that's what? <laughs> what? This should not be possible, but okay. But I can't really tell the guy, like, hey, nice username. That's what I was going to pick. You're the reason I couldn't pick that. Well, the reason I couldn't pick that also um, was that my Blizzard account was already attached to QS23, so... Oh, okay. So, yeah, so there were some downtimes, but then there was also some times of going, okay, please, please come back alive. Please come back alive. Because, yeah, like I said, nine gigabytes of user files. If I could not have gotten those, especially since the server was had its own raid built, I don't want to try and figure out how to rebuild a raid on another server in order to try and... I don't even think it's possible. I don't know. It's one of those things I've never contemplated. Is like, what happens if the raid controller goes down? Is the raid actually salvageable? Uh, depends on the raid type, would be my guess. That is true, yeah. If it was what like kind a of raid, raid are you running? Uh, it's probably a raid 5. They were four discs in there. I didn't take a chance to, to look at it. I just wanted to make sure to get it up there. And as soon as it was up there, I'm like, okay, copy all the files. I expect it, it would be recoverable. I don't know. It is it is Dell, so who knows if it's some sort of proprietary raid format. I mean, that, that would kind of defeat the purpose of having a raid, right? Well, no, the raid itself would be fine. It's just the actual raid controller. Right. If so, the raid controller dies, I expect you can plug the raid disks into another raid controller and it would figure out what's going on. I don't know. This is an excellent question that if I had another server... Oh, actually, I do still have that other server. You're going to try it, aren't you? Um. Well, once I get this thing, every everything back up and running level, then I will try it out. Okay. Redundant array of independent disks. Yep. So many different raid versions out there now. Man, so many versions. Raid 0, Raid 1, Raid 5, Raid 10. There are other ones besides those, but those are the only important ones. Uh, I've got, like, Raid... There was one that I saw was, like, Raid 11. What? Yeah, it's, like, uh, it's a Raid 10 plus another... That Raid 10 is also Raid 1. Yeah, I know, it's a weird one. I was like, Raid 11? What the I, hell? That, so if I have a, a single, well, yeah, so if I have a single disk's worth of information, RAID 0 is I have two disks that are exactly the same. RAID 1 is I have two disks half as big as the main disk, and it's just copied onto both, like it's it's written across both of them. It's yes. two disks pretending to be one. RAID 10 is that idea, except it's both, where I, I have data written across multiple disks, and those multiple disks are copied somewhere else as well. So it would be that, that group... Would- would also have a secondary mirror group somewhere else. So you have four versions. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. So you have your, your RAID 10 has an entire mirror copy probably at some off-site location. So if worse comes to worse, you can just take your RAID 10 and literally just plug it back in. Wow. Yeah, it's there's some interesting stuff out there now. Yep. Which, you know, 99% of the people are never going to touch ever. Correct. But if you think about it, all these crazy RAID stuff, that's the cloud. Everything that people have on Google Drive, on Amazon's thing, on any cloud source is some sort of RAID array with, according to Google, a lot of magnetic tape backups. Yep. Oh, so speaking of the cloud. Yeah. Oh, are we actually getting to topics now? Yes. Yes, we are. Okay. LastPass. Dave, yeah. you use LastPass, right? No. No? No. I thought you did. I use Dashlane. Oh. And Laura uses KeePass. Well, uh, be glad you don't use LastPass because it got hacked. 
Yeah, it's, that's what I heard. Now, the actual encrypted passwords that LastPass stores for you, those did not get taken, but the intruders did get all the account email address, well, a lot of the account email addresses, password reminders, server per user salts, and authentication hashes. That doesn't sound good. The, the authentication hashes is what's used to tell LastPass that you have permission to access your account. That's really not good. <laughs> I assume they've now regenerated all of the authentication hashes requiring everyone to log back in. Yes, I did get an email because I think I had signed up many moons ago yet never did anything with it saying, hey, you should probably log on and uh, reset your main password. Now that said, that is the advantage of, of um, a single password covering a bunch of other passwords, right? Using a service like LastPass is that you can reset that main password and be relatively secure. Yes. Unless, of course, they already logged in and stole all your other passwords. In which case, you're kind of screwed. Yep. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> At least they were very upfront about it. Because, you know, there are other times where people get hacked and we learn about it. Oh, well, but they, they had to, right? If yeah. this came out and they hadn't told you about that, Ooh, yeah, they would be gone. So, no, they totally had to. Yeah. God. Man, everybody's getting hacked. Yeah, well, it's because the, the security is lagging so far behind. Now, I, I know um, you're not a baseball fan, but Correct. this actually has to do with hacking, so we could... All right, go for it. Okay, so um, some of the, uh, I think it was the former, well, the manager, the general manager for the Houston Astros used to work for the St. Louis Cardinals. Then he got hired by Houston Astros and he moved. Did they forget to set, reset his passwords and limit uh, his access? No, what had happened was uh, he had created and helped build a proprietary database for storing all of like baseball data information, i.e. like trades, stats, all this other stuff there while he was at St. Louis. And then when he went to Houston Astros, he took that database with him, put a new name on it, and the Houston Astros started to use it. Mm -hmm. um, so St. Louis, kind of, you know, upset that the guy had left their business, decided to uh, hack into the Astros database. This is the new database? Yes. Which, okay. Um, still had the old passwords attached to it. Oh, that's a bad idea. Yeah. So the... The, the GM still had his old passwords attached to the system, and the Cardinals front office was able to, from their house, which, you know, if you're going to hack someplace, don't do it from your own home. No, that's a bad idea also. Yeah. Um, were able to get into the database because they had the old passwords. Because the guy literally just took the same database, copied and pasted it, basically, and just put a new title on it. So what did they do with this access? Like, what, what information was stored in this database that they could get to? A lot of it was about player stats and what they want to do for how much they, va they think a player is worth, how much they're willing to spend on certain players. It's a lot of, a lot of business end information of it. Would, would you perhaps say that it's a lot of inside baseball? <laughs> yes, yes, it would be, since... Part of it was 10 months of Houston Astros internal trade talks. So, yes, this was inside baseball. That was a very good one. Thank you. Thank you. That, that was really good. I appreciate that. Of course, that also means that I really don't care about what was actually in the database. No. Uh, this not. guy was an idiot and deserves to not use databases ever again. This does bring up a bigger point, though, is the fact that people are starting to use technologies to, to gain unfair advantages in professional sports. Well, it just means that jocks need to start hiring nerds. <laughs> Baseball's kind of on the forefront that. of that. You know, we didn't see that coming. Nope. 
think I wonder how long before somebody is able to tap into the wireless connection between the coach and the quarterback in professional football. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be an encrypted connection. Oh, probably. But still, it's a radio connection. Radio connections can be messed with. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be encrypted. Yeah. The the easier thing wouldn't be to hack into that connection. It would be to jam that connection. Ooh, there's, yeah, little technological warfare over the gridiron. Right. Like, wouldn't that be, that, that actually should be within the rules. That if one team is able to use the technology, you are able to counter it as you see fit. Right. Like, count, there should be warfare and counter warfare. <laughs> You know, this whole thing with the Patriots a couple years ago for getting in trouble for spying on the other team, Mm -hmm. that should be part of the game. Wow, now that this is definitely like very, that would be the whole game that's going on outside of the game. Meta baseball, uh, meta football in this case. Yeah, meta football. And then think of all the people who are also betting on the game who would have the outside information. Yep. Well, it it would have to be self-contained. You couldn't allow outside influence. You'd have to make it such that it was self-contained. But I'm liking this idea more and more. I think that we need to investigate this and contact the NFL and say, you should really like allow this and encourage it. I don't know how much more you could do than just jamming the signal between the coach and the player. Um, but among other things, it would allow the, the sport to return to the concept that the coach is the general, right? Yes. The coach sets the strategy, push hard, push this side, do this, and the players would get to set the tactics, well, it's kind of funny you bring this up there because the, the bringing it back old school. I remember uh, for was it last year or two years ago, the Tour de France actually tried that. They tried to go old school with some of the some of the races. Yeah, because some of the the older legs of the early Tour de France were like super long. Mm-hmm. We're talking over two hundred and fifty miles in a single leg. So they tried to do some of those long legs because now the legs are a lot shorter than they used to be. Okay. So they tried to do that, and then they also tried to ban the use of radios during the Tour de France right. for a couple of stages. Because the, the, the teams there's, the teams have a little like pace car that goes with them that their coach is in. And the coach has you know, probably got a laptop that's got everybody's stats on there and the radios they can use to tell, hey, I just passed this mile marker so they can keep track of everybody's pace, everybody's like location. They can do the calculations of going, okay, well, if the leader is going at 18 miles per hour and the peloton's going at 20 miles per hour we will catch them within before the finish lines that sort of stuff there they tried to do away with the radios and just had all this stuff done by by basically by hand but a lot of it was it was pretty silly because then the pace cars were literally right behind the peloton and then every once in a while one of the guys would drop back talk to the guy in the car and then drive forward and then tell everybody in his group what's going on (laughs) It's like rather than, you know, radios, they just basically had a messenger. Yeah. A lot of the bicyclists were upset with that because they're like, well, we ha- we have the technology. Why are we not allowed to use it? Seems a and bit see, silly. That's exactly what we need to think of for football. We have yeah. the technology to allow for communications warfare. Why aren't we using it? Why are we allowing them to use it? That would be amazing. I also like doing the, the weight limit per side, not per person. I think that would be an interesting change to the game as well. Weight limit per side? We've talked about it. That instead of 11 people, you get 3,500 pounds or <laughs> however much, 4,000 pounds. But you know, there's going to be a lot of people then who, you know, because they, they have to do the weigh in beforehand. Yeah. They'll do the weigh in and then have a, an all you can eat buffet. No, we've got the technology, Andy. We could have them do the weigh in the day of the game. We could have them actually on the field at all times be weighed. 
or at least have it like the little like pad area where everybody has to stand on it right before you go out onto the field for that play. Yep. It'd be a very different game of football. Yep. Could you imagine 10 300 pound guys versus 20 150 pound guys? God, they're swarming all over the place. Right. Like, who's got the ball? Who's got the shit? But man, if one of those 300 pound guys catches you, you're going down. They're playing zone defense is what they're doing. Yep. So, yeah, those are those are the football ideas. That could be interesting. All right, what else we got? We have a lot of topics. Um, Samsung Galaxies have uh, a bad security flaw. Oh, no. So so my phone is uh, vulnerable right now. Yeah. Um, and the uh, fix actually has not been sent to it yet. Oops. Yep. So, this is everything from S4 on. Yes. S4 mini, S4, S5, S6. Supposedly up to 600 million handsets. Oops. Yeah. It's a so, lot of uh, security flaws lately. Yeah. So this one has to do with the SwiftKey keyboard, which Samsung pre-installs on your phone, which you also cannot uninstall unless, you know, you root your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, Samsung does not encrypt the executable files it transmits as updates to the users. Okay. So um, you do a man-in-the-middle attack. Someone could transmit a fake update. executable. Yeah, a fake update executable for your keyboard app, which is installed on every single phone and you had cannot do anything against and uh, force it to run malicious software. Oh, oops. Yeah. And since this keyboard app um, is uninstallable. or Non-uninstallable. Un- un-uninstallable. Un-uninstallable? Is that? Non-uninstallable. Non-uninstallable yeah, sounds better. Um, it's just nothing you can do about it until Samsung posts a security update, which should be happening in, quote-unquote, a few days, which <laughs> is also... Um, going to be distributed through Samsung's Knox security platform, uh-huh. which, as we have talked about early, also is, you know, not that secure for being a security platform. So if you have a Galaxy S4, S5, or S6, uh, be careful and aware of updates to your keyboard. Yes. Oh, and manually updating it won't do anything. No. Okay. Because the keyboard is set to automatically accept yep. and install updates in the background for the so pre-installed. Public service announcement. Be wary. Yes. Okay. So yeah, that's um, tons of people getting hacked. Yep. Uh, what else we got? We have Sprint, which I think we both put. Yep, we both added that one. I'll kill mine. Sprint has stopped throttling. Yes. The Sprint Unlimited plans. Is now actually unlimited. Yes. That's awesome. Before, if you were in the top, I think like 5% or something like that. Yeah. uh, If you were within the top 5% of data users, you will be prioritized below other customers attempting to access network resources, resulting in a reduction of throughput or speed as compared to performance on non-congested sites. So yes, you were unlimited, but if you were on the upper end, i.e. kind of over their unofficial cap... Well, it wasn't over a cap. It was top 5%. And I think that's why they came back and said, like, we're not sure if this is actually against regulations because it wasn't a cap. It wasn't once you reach this amount of data. But Yeah, but this still was very fuzzy with the language. It's right. In, well, in times of congestion, the top 5% of data users, is that like data users on that node or is that just data users in time? What I exactly is a day, time of people congestion? people accessing it. it it's not... Ugh. Well, it doesn't that's matter. why they're not doing it anymore. Yeah. So now unlimited is unlimited. And this is, I mean, if, if you want to think about it, this is the fallout from the FCC ruling. Yes. Right? This is the, the new rules and regulations for net neutrality going into effect. 
We will uh, have to see for how long, though, because Congress is trying to do what Congress does. What is Congress trying to do? So remember we talked about how the FCC is actually uh, has to follow the rules and regulations set by Congress. And so the um, Congress can order the FCC, hey, we want you to do this or we want you to do that instead. And it has to, once it's approved by Congress, the FCC has to follow the orders. Right. So um, Congress could, if they so desired, come in and say, you know what? No, let corporations fuck with people's Internet access. Yes. And the FCC would have to allow it. Yes. The, the Congress is not being that bold about it, though, but they're kind of. Um, it's kind of what they're doing. Yeah, they're, because, they aren't using that language, but that's what they're doing. Uh, the the government appropriations bill for 2016 uh, contains 315 million dollars for the FCC, which is a cut of 25 million dollars below last year's budget and 73 million dollars less than the FCC actually said. Hey, this is what we need to operate for the next year. Yeah. And the committee said in an announcement along with this budget is the legislation prohibits the FCC from implementing net neutrality until certain court cases are resolved, requires newly proposed regulations to be made publicly available for 21 days before the commission votes on them, and prohibits the FCC from regulating rates for either wireline or wireless internet service. Okay, so quick thing. Yes. When they're saying rates, do they mean speeds or do they mean money? They probably mean money. Because the FCC doesn't actually regulate that. No, but technically that's part of Title II, but it's a part of Title II that the FCC was that they weren't going to touch. But still Congress is like, well, it is part of Title II, so you could do it if you wanted to. Okay. I mean, that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing either, letting the FCC regulate that. No, but... It would not actually be a bad thing. But the FCC said they weren't going to touch it. That was part of their thing. That was kind of right. a concession to right. broadband providers is, okay, we're going to put you under Title II, but we've kind of thrown out some of the really harsher rules that were only really applicable. Ap- ap- applic- applicable. Oh, applicable. Thank you. There you go. During the old school. No. Hmm? Applicable? Applicable. Applicable. During the old school phone line days when Title II was first implemented. Yep. So the the plus, though, is the fact that um, this bill would have to get approved by the House, Senate, and President in order for this to be enacted. Well, because it's part of the budget. Yeah. Right? It's the appropriations bill. It's where the these appropriations bills pass. Let's be clear. The whole point of the appropriations bill is to pass. Otherwise, we can't pay for the government. But the the caveat is there a letter from the White House, somebody in the White House system wrote a letter to get this out of the bill. Yes. Yeah, that I believe it will. The the appropriations bill will pass. It just might not pass in this form. Yeah, I, I believe someone said, get this the hell out of the bill. It pretty much is what they said. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, no, don't. This is inappropriate for the Congress to be playing with this in such a way. Yes. Pass the bill to fund the damn government. Don't use the bill as basically blackmail in order to get what you want. Right. Which they've done before. Several times. Okay. Well then, last week was E3. Yes, yes it was. Yay! Did you watch the cool stuff that came out of it? Uh, Not really, since I was a bit busy with work. Uh, I was too. I had to turn off the... We had a a little chat group going for E3, and I had to turn it off because I was just getting hit with too many messages at work. Yes, I also was getting hit with a lot of messages at work. Like, guys, 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 I appreciate that you are effectively live streaming the Sony press conference. You know who you are. You listen to this show. Uh, I had to, I, I just, I was training and my phone and watch just kept buzzing and buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. 
I, I know that feeling exactly because yep. of my watch and phone. Kept buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. Yes. But there was some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to hit first? <sighs> Bethesda announced Fallout 4. That's no surprise. I mean, they had kind of pre-announced it, but they officially announced it. Yes. Did they give a release date? Uh, I think it's like October. Cool. Like, that's the one thing I'm I was noticing on this. I'm going to have to schedule some time off from work. <laughs> The one thing I was noticing with this thing was they the, the people aren't announcing you know something that's like three years down the line now. Now it's like oh we're gonna announce this and it's coming out this year. No, some of them are are still yeah. announcing far away. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, Gears of War was announced for 2016 holiday season, so that's over a year away. Well, you're looking at the things where they gave an announcement date. Look at the things where they didn't announce a date. Those are the things that are two, three, four years out. Are you talking things like, um, well, they always announce the date, like holiday of 2016 or early 2016. Are you talking like those type of things there? or No, I'm saying where they're, they're like, hey, look, we're working on this cool project. Let's take a look at the next cool project. Things like the, oh, I don't know, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I feel like Sony was doing a lot more of that than Microsoft. Microsoft was trying to nail things down a bit. Yes. Sony was kind of just, hey, yeah, this is going to come out at, at some point. Yep. It will come out. My money on on uh, Final Fantasy VII, by the way, is sometime in 2017, <laughs> because it will be the 20-year anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. I could see that. I also expect it will be multi-platform. Oh, of course. I, I doubt it will only be on the PlayStation. Despite having been announced at Sony's event, I doubt it will be PlayStation only. Do you think they would have um, a exclusivity for a brief period of time first? Yeah, timed exclusivity, yeah. What about Shenmue 3? Because that was a weird game. I tried playing some of that for a bit. What about it? I don't know. It's it's a weird role-playing game. Okay. I've never played any of the Shenmue. It's interesting. I probably should, but I haven't. Mm. So what did you think about uh, PlayStation View? Uh, that was Sony's TV thing? Yes, where you could buy channel bundles, so somewhat a la carte, and just stream them through your PlayStation rather than having to have cable TV. I feel like Microsoft, uh, Microsoft tried that, didn't they? And it kind of just fizzled. Yeah, I expect this will fizzle as well. This is not the solution to a la carte TV, so I don't have a lot of faith in this. I feel like this one was going to be more I also feel carte. like they, they don't have the install base required to really do it. Right? There's a lot of PlayStation 4s out there. I mean, there's a lot of them. Yes. But not as many. Uh, there are fewer PlayStation 4s than there are people with TVs. Of course. And there's... Fewer people with PlayStation 4 than people with cable. Yes. So I don't think that they're actually going to be able to do what they want to do with this. I still love the fact that Sony is still doing all their Sony-exclusive stuff. Yeah. Microsoft really hasn't done much of that, have they? Well, keep in mind, not all of it's Sony that's doing it, right? Sometimes it's the other parties that are doing it with Sony. So Activision has, uh, was it the Call of Duty DLC is going to be PlayStation-exclusive? <laughs> Like, that's just stupidity. That's that's corporate stupidity. That is someone at Sony paid someone at Activision a lot of money. Oh, exclusivities. I mean, Microsoft has their own exclusives. You're not about to see Halo 5 on the PlayStation 4. No, yeah, first-party stuff, yes. But Sony's got a lot of third-party games that have Sony-exclusive stuff with it. Just like um, the new Batman game that's going to be coming out in, what, a couple of days? I don't know. I don't pay attention to Batman. I think Batman Arkham Knight's coming out next, uh, probably when this episode goes. Cool. Are you going to buy it? Um, I still have the other Batman game to finish. 
And I also don't have an Xbox One or PS4. Oh, well, that would make things difficult. Unless it's also coming out on Steam. I mean, on PC. I mean, on Steam. Yes, but as you know, I'm running off of a laptop. Oh, yeah. I don't don't remember this thing that you're only running on a laptop. I did just get a notification. If you want a new computer case to build a desktop, a really good case just went on sale. Oh, believe me, I've got plenty of case, I've got plenty of hardware sitting around if I wanted to um, make a new computer. Yes, and uh, if worse comes to worse, I do believe the next time my boss is in town, he is supposedly going to be bringing me hardware for me to use as a, on a, on a, from some of his old hardware. Nice. Because he just updated a bunch of stuff in his LAN party basement. I want a LAN party basement. You had a LAN party basement. It wasn't a basement, but yes. <laughs> it was amazing. It was so cool, especially when we were all playing Risk, because we'd be all sitting around the kitchen table having a snack or eating dinner, and every, like, one person would get up, walk over to the computers, sit down, come back, come start eating. Next person would go over. We would just keep cycling through, taking our turns in, like, five different games. I was also just talking about your parents' basement, where you had the... Oh, yeah, I had that, too. Yeah. Okay, that was a basement. There was only (laughs) three computers, four, five, somewhere around there. Three, four five computers all networked together for playing us to starcraft and warcraft play games that. on the local area network yeah i miss that that was fun uh so that's kind of the the e3 recap well microsoft microsoft announced their really expensive controller yeah and the fact that um they're going to have xbox 360 games playable on the xbox one i suppose that was a big announcement <laughs> 100 Xbox 360 titles will be available to play by this holiday season on your Xbox One. A lot of people were hoping that Sony was going to make a similar announcement about oh. PlayStation 2 and 1 games. They dropped that with the, was that the PS3 that they stopped doing the backwards compatibility? Yeah. Hardware-wise? Hardware-wise. But the, there was a lot of hope that the PS4 would be a software emulator. And that you'd be able to put in your uh, your stuff, your old games, and play them. Well, that's what's going to happen with the Xbox 360. Supposedly, if you bought it digitally, it's just going to show up. And if you own the physical disc and it's able to be played, you just put your physical disc in your Xbox One, and it will download the digital version of the game and allow you to play it. Whoa! Wait a minute. Really? (laughs) Really? Because that sounds to me like the opposite of the original marketing scheme for the Xbox One. Which is? You don't remember the huge controversies about physical versus non-physical? Yes. That... Originally, they weren't going to put on a disk drive. No, yeah, it was just. But that be... was actually the rumor that there wouldn't be a disk drive, and I said, you... "No, that's stupid. They'll put on a they'll put on a Blu-ray drive," and they did. But the the idea of I own an Xbox 360 game and I put it into the console and it downloads the digital version. Yes, I'm just gonna go to like Family Video and rent a shit ton of Xbox 360 games. Family Video, I can go to the library. Yeah. <laughs> Just go to the library and check out every Xbox 360 game they have. Check now, them out, put them in, take them back. And then you own them from then on. Yeah. Now, they, they did only say, like, 100 yes, of them. Yes, right now. at a, It's currently going to have 100 by the holiday season, but are they are plans planning. to continue to extend that? Yes. And they, they also actually want people to vote on what games they want to be playable. Huh. Dead Rising. I still have not finished that game. What? Yeah. It's but, probably in one of my boxes of Xbox 360 games that I'm looking at here. But he covers wars. I still haven't finished Batman. I still have Fallout New Vegas here. I've got 
What else do I have sitting right here? Did we talk about the the guy who beat the world record for Fallout yes. Vegas? Okay. Yes, we did. Because you can finish that game in like an hour. <laughs> if you do everything perfectly. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. No. I've got the last Assassin's Creed game here that I haven't even touched. I haven't finished Black Flag. I haven't finished Assassin's Creed 2. Well, we got other things no, wait, going Two is on. the one I did finish. Two I finished. Two was the first one with Ezio. Yes. I never finished one. I have Watch Dogs now. That'll probably be the next one I play. Oh, yeah, the Steam sale's ending. Steam sale is, is over by the time this goes to publication. Yes. Did you get anything good? I got about uh, 14 games that were all 25 cents or less. Whoa, nice. That's, that's what I do on the final day. I'm like, okay, let's look at all items. <laughs> sort by price. Sort by price. Clever, very clever. So I'm just seeing like, hey, what games are out there that are, you know. How do you do this? You go to the store. Go to the store. Pick any genre in under the games category. Games, pick any genre. Yes. Okay. Now at the top, you see it says all products, browse by tags, and then something? No. Oh, all products, browse by tags, yeah? Yeah, just click all products. Oh, wow. Sort by lowest price. Now there's going to be a bunch of free-to-play stuff there, but if you, I think it's like page two or page three is the first one where you start getting uh, prices. I'm on page five. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, pick games for show selected type. Show selected type games. Oh, so there's a bunch of streaming videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, page four is still free to play and free. Page five, still free to play and free. Page seven, page nine. Holy crap, there's a lot of free to play stuff on here. There's a lot of free to play crap. No, I'm on page 17, Andy. <laughs> This is all free to play. Well, some of that the, most of the stuff right. have, most of the stuff hasn't been released yet. If there's no free to play or no price, then it's only going to be. Oh, here, here we, we go. go. All right, so page twenty. Yeah, page twenty. You start seeing all the prices: nine cents, fourteen cents, fourteen, 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 fourteen nineteen, twenty-four. Oh my god, it's all stuff that's ninety-seven percent off. Yeah, ninety-five, ninety-seven, eighty-five. I have some of these. Penny Arcade Games, both of them are thirty-nine cents. Wow. All right. Well, I know what I'm doing after the recording. So besides those, did you get anything else? Um, what else did I get? Let me look at my uh, activity, I do believe. I, know, I want my activity, not other people's. Oh, there's something on there, but yeah. No, it's... I picked up something, and I can't remember what. You bought something and don't remember what. <laughs> yes. I, I actually can't fault you for that, because I'm kind of in the same bucket. Like, I know I bought some things. Yeah, I've got, I've, got the, I've got the trading cards to prove it. What did I buy? No, I, I remember most of what I bought. I bought... Uh, Geometry Wars 3, Audio Surf 2, Watch Dogs, City Skylines, and Orion Prelude. Orion is a, an interesting little game because it was a terrible, terrible game like three years ago, and they've been working on it and working on it and working on it. And now it's only a semi-terrible game. Oh, I got Papers, Please, finally. Oh, cool. So I'm going to try that one out. I've owned that for a long time and have never actually played it. God, my Steam library is now 318 games. Yep, sounds about right. Okay, what else? Anything uh, what else, else can come out of E3? Uh, Star Fox. There's a new Star Fox game coming. Did you feel like Sony, or not Sony, but Nintendo kind of just phoned it in this year? Uh, I don't know about phoned it in, but they didn't have a lot to show off. They did do a cool Muppets thing. Ooh, Muppets. Did you, did you see the Muppets thing? No, I did not see the Muppets thing. They actually contracted the Henson Company. Oh, so they're like legitimate Muppets. Legit Muppets. Not like they looked like puppets. These were Muppets. They were Muppets of uh, Satoru Iwata, Reggie, and Shigeru Miyamoto. Oh, so they got the, the big boys into Muppets. Yeah. Okay. And they used it to announce Star Fox. Ah, I can see that. 
So that was actually kind of cool. But I mean, Nintendo does stuff all year round, right? They have their own announcement system. So whether or not they phoned it into E3, I don't think that I'd call it phoning it in, but they certainly just didn't have a lot to show. Excuse me. All right. Fitbit. Yeah, the IPO happened, didn't it? Yep. You have a Fitbit or had a Fitbit. I had a Fitbit. I had a Fitbit. Kate still has her Fitbit. I'm a little worried about this, actually, about Fitbit going public. Uh, I loved Fitbit as a company because they were awesome with customer service. They were kind of a no questions asked, like, oh, no, it's not working. Yep, we can see that from our end. Here's a new one. There are stories all over of, like, someone requesting a, a new strap from Fitbit, and they're like, oh, you know what? Just keep the old one, and here's a brand new one. Not the strap, the device that came with the strap. Oh, jeez. And I I worry that we're going to see that ending, right? Investors aren't going to want that. I'm also, I'm fearful that, okay, so Fitbit was the first one basically into, it was one of the, one of the first ones who were into the fitness tracker market. Yeah. But now you have things like the Apple Watch coming out. So, yes. So the question is, I mean, are Fitbit they still, is still go- it's pretty ubiquitous. I mean, yeah. you, you look around on a college campus and half the people there have a Fitbit. But have they already reached market saturation? Because I think they're at like, what, 58% or something like that or whatever metric that they were measuring. Well, it still means there's a lot of people out there to sell to. Or the people who have gotten it have done it and decided, okay, that's enough of that. I'd still wear mine if I could figure out where it went. I may have misplaced it. Oops. I'm sure it'll turn up in a few months. I don't know. There, there's still plenty of room for them to grow is the other piece of it. I feel like they're going to try and grow it into an Apple Watch, though. I think they're smarter than that. They've done this well so far. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for the future. Oh, like an Android Wear version of a Fitbit? Yeah, or tighter integration with Wear and Watch, uh, tighter integration with things like HealthKit and Google Fit. Yes, that's actually what I really want with mine is the greater integration with the... Because Samsung's health is so-so. Yep. Like, it gives me a chart of my sleep, but then it doesn't really give me any specifics on it. Yep. So it's just a, it's, it's a bar graph that, you know, doesn't really show me much. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Fitbit's already had its day in the sun, and now they're trying to... It's possible, feel, but that would mean a lot of investors are about to be very upset. In my mind, I see it sort of like a Zynga sort of thing, where it's like, oh... They were Huge big. IPO, and then everyone realizes that they're already done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, wait and see. Uh, what else we got going on here? 5G? Yes. Has been officially, well, unofficially certified. Officially, unofficially? Yes. Or unofficially, yes. officially? Um, well, the, the definition of the 5G standard has been basically certified. Okay. By whom? The International Telecommunications Union. Ah. It was a, it was a conference held uh, this last week in San Diego. And then it has to be officially approved by the International Radio... Oh, what is it called? It's like the International Radio Conference that's going to happen in October. There is an International Radio Conference happening in October? Yes. Uh, Geneva's ITU radio assembly has to officially put their stamp on it. So this was just like a mini group getting together to hash out exactly what 5G is supposed to be. All right. By the way, Kate is is talking about how your perspective on fitness trackers is totally different than everyone else's take on fitness trackers. I like how she's staring at me going, what did I do? I didn't (laughs) do anything. I'm just sitting here eating goldfish. I'm eating goldfish. (laughs) I have these these baked puffed goldfish. Are you okay there? Do you, do you need some water? Oh, you have a Mountain Dew. Okay. <laughs> so 
So yeah, 5G is actually going to be supposedly uh, data speeds up to 20 gigabits per second. Wow, that would be cool. Yes. Wireless 5G. And they also want to... It would have um, to be wireless. But they want to cater to the future, quote-unquote, Internet of Things. So 5G will also be able to offer more than 100 megabits per second of typical data transfers to over 1 million Internet of Thing devices within a radius of one square kilometer. Cool. So it, it can do a laser beam of 20 gigabytes per second to a single device. Or a broadcast. Or broadcast to lots of device, basically whatever's within range, and give you 100 megabits per second of data rate to multiple items. That's cool. Now, this is just the definition of it. The actual um, hardware does not exist yet. Right, but the first step is defining here's what it is going to be. Yes, and so now people can't, we can't have AT&T come out and say, hey, we got a 5G phone. Yay! Unless it's actually going to be 5G. Which Does the, the G actually stand for generation? Um, I do believe so. Okay. Yeah, because 2G was second generation, 3G was third generation. All right. But this is really more just preventing phone companies from saying, oh, it's 5G, her, her, her. Yeah. So what else we got here? Um, there's going to be a SpaceX Hyperloop pod competition. Yep. So SpaceX is building a Hyperloop model, and they're holding a contest for people to build pods to run in the said Hyperloop. The Hyperloop is the ultra-fast maglev enclosed system transportation system that they're dreaming about? Yeah. Okay. Like the low-pressure, yeah, low-pressure magnetized thingamajiggy. Yep. So that's going to be start happening. The travel of the future. 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 Monorail. 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 I hear those things are awfully loud. No? No Lionel Landley? I, you know how long it's been since I've seen it that? glides as softly as a cloud. Doesn't well, speaking, matter how long it's been since you've seen that. You should know it. Uh, it's one of the most famous Simpson episodes. I know. Also had Leonard Nimoy. Did it? Yeah. Yes, he was the one who cut. He was the one who cut the yeah. ribbon on the monorail. That's right. Okay. So, speaking of the future, one last thing. Yeah. The FAA has officially approved drone deliveries. Starting on July 17th, there is going to be at the, uh, at basically, it's, what was the name of this thing? Yeah, the Remote Area Medical USA and Health Wagon Clinic out in um, West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to have drones that are going to deliver medical supplies from the airport to this clinic at the fairground. And they are officially approved to fly via the FAA. So the government has officially approved drone delivery systems. Well, a drone delivery system. Ah, drone delivery. But it's a step. Yes. In welcoming our flying computer overlords. (laughs) I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. Yeah, well, it's coming. It's kind of terrifying. Could be interesting. Yeah. Think of that for um, disaster relief. Also speaking, going all the way back to the beginning of radio communications... Most of the time when people listen to the radio is when there's a disaster. Yes. I I seem to recall uh, the large power out that took out most of the northeast U.S. Radio stations were still huge because it was the only way to get information. Yep. Because radios... Everyone's power was out, so they, you had everyone like outside running their cars to listen to the radio. Yep. So yeah, these things will deliver 24 packages of prescription medication weighing 10 pounds each. Cool. And they're going to be doing it during this uh, clinic there. All right. Uh, Bethesda did, we, we need to go back to this as well. They announced Fallout 4. They also announced a really cool thing called uh, Fallout Shelter. It's, it's a mobile app. 
available on ios only android is supposedly coming yeah that's what i'm saying uh but it became very popular very quickly it is outgrossing candy crush very popular very quickly the most downloaded ios game in the u.s and the uk so uh, that's that's kind of funny where they're like hey a fallout 4 oh yeah and also fallout shelter which you can download today yep what what like right at the end of the press conference it went live and has done very well. I want to play it. So speaking of Fallout, should we move on to the random review? Sure. I just finished Fallout 3. Welcome to... When did Fallout 3 come out? Welcome to 2008, Dave. Woo! Only seven years too late. Uh, it's a Fallout game. Yes. It, so if, if you know the history a little bit, uh, Fallout was not originally owned by Bethesda. No. Um, but they got the rights to it and they made a first person shooter-ish version of Fallout. And it's basically Elder Scrolls, but Fallout. Fallout, right. And it, it's pretty clear that it's Elder Scrolls Fallout. Like the, yes. the engines are similar. The, the game design is very similar. And the first time I tried it, I was not hugely thrilled by it because I didn't understand the VATS system. Oh. And so I, I couldn't keep track of all the controls and like, what the hell is going on? But after a while, I came back, I tried it again because it was really, really cheap on Steam. I tried it and it kept crashing. Like I could not get more than five minutes into the game without the game suffering a catastrophic shutdown. Oof. So I stopped playing again. And then recently I thought I'd give it another shot, right? I've got a new computer. Maybe things are taken care of and I try it and nope, immediately catastrophic crashes. I can't get three minutes in. But this time I say, you know, I wonder if there's a solution to this. This can't just be me. No. And I go on search and like the first thing that comes up is Fallout 3 keeps crashing and a fix. And so I applied the fix and then started playing. And it's it's a good game. It's actually a really good game. I, I kind of like it a lot. Now, which edition did you get? I got the Game of the Year edition. So that means you got all of the DLC. Yes, which I found out after the fact I took part in not at all. So yeah, so there's Operation Anchorage, which is a VR mission. There's Pit, which you have to go to Pittsburgh. There's Broken Steel, which is... What's Broken Steel? It has something to do with the outcasts from the Brotherhood of Steel, is my guess. Oh, Broken Steel is the, the post-end-of-the-game DLC. There's a post end of the game yeah where you fall into the uh wait but but i died at the end of the game spoilers well no broken steel is you're supposed to fall into a coma and then there's uh there's an after that part that's broken steel is kind of like the the epilogue dlc oh no i died oh okay so you did absolutely none of the dlc because point lookouts where you go out to single bit of dlc yeah no ufo no point look wow you did absolutely none of it yep I realized uh, in, during one mission, and this just speaks to the game, that I had been manipulated by an NPC. <laughs> I had been completely and utterly manipulated by an NPC into committing murders. Which one was that? Uh, that was, there's, there's a ghoul who's like, oh man, you know, ghoul haters suck. I really hate these guys. They're huge ghoul haters. You should go kill them. I'm like, yeah, I hate ghouls too. And I, I've met like two of these guys. I like ghouls and I, I met two of these guys and they're not great guys. Like one of them's a pimp and the other, yeah, no, I, I'll totally, I'll go through and kill these guys for you. And I killed the first one. Just boom, he's dead. Sniper shot to the head. <laughs> I go to the second one and I I need to get him alone. And so I talk to him to see what I can do. And one of the options is like, hey, you know, there's some guy who's trying to kill you. Like, I wonder what would happen. And it goes on. It's like, I don't know who that person is. I never said anything bad about ghouls before, but my dad used to work with a ghoul named such and such. And they're like, oh, shit. (laughs) I got played. 
<laughs> and murdered another person because of it. I'm sorry. Well, crap. <laughs> no, I played it as a very positive karma person, except for, you know, murdering. So you didn't blow up Megaton? I did not blow up Megaton. Good, because there are some quests with Megaton that are a lot easier to complete if you don't blow up the city. I mean, you could also do the quests and then blow up the city. Yes, you could do the quests and then blow up the city. Yes, you could do it that way. Which I may do next time I play through. Ah. Kind of curious what it would be like. You should also try playing the DLC. <laughs> Maybe I should play the DLC. Uh, So the thing is with Bethesda games, and I'm probably going to end up doing this with Fallout 4 as well, because I'm sure it'll be the same special and stat, right? Your special and skills. So special being your base scores, strength, perception, endurance, charisma, intelligence, agility and luck s-p-e-c-i-a-l um but regardless of the special usually i the first thing i do is just max out speech i had maxed out my speech skill by like level five and from that point on the game is easy mode because whenever you get into a talk whenever you get to someone you're like blah, 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 blah. speech 100 percent do the thing i want so yeah, first thing you do that. is yeah first thing you do is just you can win the game with speech. This is true in uh, Fallout 3, this is true in New Vegas. You can just win the game with speech. Well, I'll have to try that when I actually ever try New Vegas. Yeah, New Vegas, my recommendation is tank your strength, tank your endurance, max out your luck and your charisma. Well, it's Vegas. You, of course, you got to max out your luck. Yeah, well, because you can gamble. You can go to the casinos. Oh, I feel like I'm going to shut some casinos down. They actually forbid you from playing after a certain point. Oh. But you go to the casino and... Uh, in, in New Vegas, if you have a 10 luck, you just start playing blackjack. It's like they deal it to you. 20, hit me. Ace. <laughs> Next hand. 20, it's two queens. Split. Ace, jack. Stay, hit me. Ace. <laughs> so yes, I encourage you to take 10 luck in Fallout New Vegas. But yeah, you if you just do high speech, you win the game. I mean, it, So it the other question the is, you've played the original Fallout, right? I played a couple minutes of it. Maybe a little bit. Okay, so have you also played, you know, like Elder Scrolls and that's and Oblivion and that sort of stuff? I played Skyrim. How does this compare to Skyrim? It's very close to Skyrim. It's Skyrim with guns. Well, of course, because it's Bethesda. Yeah, it's Skyrim with guns. And oh my god, why would you like... Yeah, I, I built a very charismatic, agile person who likes to sneak around and shoot people with sniper rifles from a very long distance and just yes. get one-hit kills. Oh, vats. Nope, forget the vats. I almost never used it by the end of the game. Really? Yeah, because my targets were too far away. <sighs> okay, then. I would just snipe it. I'd, I'd, I'd be crouching. I would walk around in stealth almost the entire time, and I'd turn, and I'd see someone, and I'd try in vats, and it wouldn't do it because they're too far away, and so I'd just zoom in, and gone. I loved one-shotting mutants. I'll have to, I'll, if I do that again, I'll have to try it out. Yeah. But yes, no, the, the uh, Game of the Year edition is the one that's got all the DLC already. So. Yep. And whenever the next Steam sale comes around, it's going to be super, super cheap. Yes, especially with Fallout 4. Yeah. Oh, that was the other reason I went back to play Fallout 3. Uh, there's a rumor that the since Fallout 4 is on the East Coast that the changes and decisions you make in Fallout 3 will carry forward. Ooh. That you will be able to load a saved game from Fallout 3 and have the decisions you made impact Fallout 4. Ooh. A la Mass Effect. That's another game I haven't finished. Yeah, I haven't played Mass Effect. Oh. But I like that idea. I like the, the concept that some of the choices I made are going to impact Fallout 4. Like the the one escaped android. What did you do with the android? Oh, I don't remember. Well, the android came from the Institute. 
up north. You remember that, maybe? Oh, no. That's, like I said, this is 2008. Oh, well, you want to guess what the institute would be up north of D.C.? No. uh, Oh, MIT. Yeah. Uh. The Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And this game is going to be played in Boston. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So things like that are going to come back. So, if you liked Elder Scrolls, uh, Fallout is that with guns. You don't do nearly as much melee combat. You shoot things. But other than that, it's very similar. There's still skills, there's still choices, there's still an upgrade system, you still repair equipment. It's fun. I got really good at hacking terminals, too. Oh, yeah. It was very easy when there were only five choices, and that's before you removed the duds. I had a science of 100. So, yeah, Fallout 3. I approve of it. I have the game. game of the year edition. It's a good game. I'm looking yep. forward to Fallout 4. And I do believe I actually own Fallout 1 and 2 now. Well, you probably got them for free from good old games. But yes, but I think I also have them for Steam. Ah. Yeah, Fallout, Fallout 2, Fallout Tactics, Fallout New Vegas. Cool. Random topic. Yes. Rolled ahead of time. Yeah. What message would you put in a fortune cookie? We have already done this, actually, which is kind of funny. Have we? Well, no. Kate and I have done this because our wedding party favors were fortune cookies with custom fortune cookie messages inside. Ah, I don't actually remember that. I'll take your word for it. Yes, please do take my word for this one because I know that this is true. Okay, so what message would you put in a fortune cookie? Same one I already put in a fortune cookie. What did you put in the fortune cookie? Live every day like it's your last, but always strive to see the next sunrise. Aww. Kate it's not so much actually, of a fortune. Kate's actually literally pulling out the fortunes that we have done. So would you would you like to hear our custom fortune cookies? Sure. Do or do not. There is no try. Of course. Hey, live every day like it's your last, but always strive to see tomorrow. Uh, keep moving forward. Always keep chocolate in the house. Life is too important to be taken seriously. These are stuck together. We'll find love on Flag Day. Speaking of Simpsons. Laugh for no reason. It confuses people. Always wear comfortable shoes. Whenever possible, take the scenic route. Go big or go home. Always look on the bright side of life. Yes, exactly. And for good luck, hug the tallest bridesmaid. <laughs> that one is kind of wedding specific, so that one yeah. is putting... Uh, that would actually be great just to have in a fortune cookie. You go to a Chinese restaurant, you finish dinner. It's best, you know, for good luck, hug the tallest bridesmaid. What? Or just hug the tallest person. No, I, I specifically the tallest bridesmaid. <laughs> okay. So yes, we, we actually did custom fortune cookies already. So my those those are my answers. Okay. Dave? Uh, eat your fruits and vegetables. I got nothing. I, I, I have nothing profound after that series of amazing things. Really? Eat your fruits and vegetables? I, yeah, I really, like, my brain is blanking. I got nothing. Oh, here, okay. I've got a couple. First, uh, don't trust statistics. That is that is a definite one. Um, never make a bet that you can't win. <laughs> Andy. Yes? I bet you that this will never happen. Okay. Yes, uh, and now I've learned to put time limits on these things. There you go. Yeah, I was wondering how long I could keep that going. No, I think those two are, are pretty profound and useful statements, so I'm going to go with that. Never make a bet you can't win, and never trust statistics. All right. All right. Well, well, that's that. And that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast.com. 
or send us an email at mail at rapodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.